Hey everybody, welcome back to Friday Live with Matt and Tim, or as our friends like to call us, Mutt and Jeff. <laughs> but uh, we've got a lot to talk about. We're going to jump into uh, Romans, start to say Hebrews. We're not in Hebrews. We're in Romans chapter 12, uh, get down into some nitty-gritty of some stuff. I've um, got lots of announcements, lots of stuff going on. So stay with us, jump online. Don't forget to comment and like into the in the comments in the section, uh, in the comment section. What am I trying to say? Comment in the comment section. And uh, stay with us as we talk about Romans 12. We'll be right back. Hey, folks. Um, welcome back. Hey, Riley, it's good for you to join us. If you're, uh, somebody else is out there, be sure to comment that you're watching. We like to see. I'll try to keep up with it, see who's watching. But uh, we're going to jump into Romans 12. But before we do, um, a couple of pretty exciting things coming down the pipe. Um, next Saturday, Saturday on the 20, was it the 26th? Next Saturday. Next Saturday. Week from tomorrow, there'll be a, there's a pastor's conference at Cross Brand Cowboy Church in uh, Lindale. Um, and Dr. Tony Evans from Oak Cliff Bible Fellowship is going to be the keynote speaker. Crucible's Fire is going to be setting up setting up a vendor booth there. Um, and we'll be just sharing a vision of our ministry with people and you know trying to, to build some partnerships and just get the word out of what we're doing. Um and part of what we're doing, uh, we've been telling you, we're developing an app to distribute right now down into Mexico, the Rio Grande Valley, Costa Rica. Um, actually, Costa Rica is probably going to be at the top of the list. Uh, they're they're ready for it um, to help us take our Bible study training uh, down into the leaders and pastors down there. Uh, maybe we'll get to do a survey trip down there uh, at, towards the end of the year. Hello, Miss Ramos. Nice to see you. Thanks for joining us. Um, but next month... Actually, March, we always have and have, have had ever since we started this ministry, we do March Madness Bible giveaway. And uh, I think last year we gave away 350 Bibles, and uh, it was a pretty good year. Um, we're going to do something a little different this year because our goal this year as a ministry is to, to get the app out and get these materials. And so we're going to be doing something a little different, which is we're going to be asking you to sponsor a pastor for March Madness Bible giveaway. And what that is is for $40, we can we can supply a, a pastor with a, a Spanish, um, a digital Spanish Bible with Strong's and a Vines Expository Dictionary that we use in our Bible study training. It takes $40 for a pastor. When we went to Mexico to take the paper Bibles, it's about $130 a pastor. If we do it digitally, we can do it for $40. So that's coming up next month. You'll be seeing more of me probably online, doing some extra lives and, and seeing some things. So keep up with that for March Madness Bible giveaway, giving the digital Bibles to the pastors down in the valley and uh, down through Central America. Um, the other thing that we got going on, April 23rd, that's coming up. I want you to save the date. That's a couple of months away. But uh, here at the Bridge Fellowship Church, uh, here in Martins Mill, Tim and I are going to be teaching a kingdom vision class. Do you want to say yeah. anything about that? Put you on the spot. Yeah, you're putting me on the spot. Um keep going i'll keep I'm going i'll come back we'll that. come back to tim after these messages um <laughs> but really the, the we're going to be starting at nine o'clock on saturday april the 23rd we'll go through four o'clock or ish whenever we get finished we'll provide lunch uh, you don't have to worry about that but just come with a bible and a notebook and a pen and, and an attitude to learn we're just going to be talking about seeing the world as he sees it i mean being able to see the kingdom at work yeah. in the world and and be able to separate the natural and, and see how the kingdom works in things. Well, and that can seem kind of presumptive a little bit when you start telling right. people, well, we're going to show you how God looks at things. Fair enough. And so 
Well, I'm not saying it's what you did. I'm, I'm just saying that, in essence, that's what we're going to do. Uh, but it's working through it, not how Tim and Matt tell you right, how God right. does it. It's the spirit working and kind of a, a working relationship with everybody in the room, so to speak, to be able to look at the scriptures and and be able to come with good interpretations of what that looks like. So, and and really equip you to be able to start learning how the Lord's looking at things. It's not how you look at it; it's how He looks at it, and that that's kind of that's kind of the matrix of it. Oh well, we're having technically difficulties over here that you can't see. So, thousand times is that a little better over there, Sean? Audio wise, I got a thumbs up. Um, but and you know, even on that note though of of one of the things we're going to talk about today in Romans 12 is people have this tendency to think, well, this is what the Bible says, and here's this checklist of stuff, yeah, and I got to do all this stuff to be just right, and. We want to encourage you as we get through Romans 12 not to do that. It's kind of in the start of it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but this Kingdom Vision class, class workshop, men's event, conference, whatever you want to call it. Well, and really it's not going to be a one-day deal. So we're doing it right. We're doing it in April, and we're going to have... One towards the end of the summer. And then another one. So in this year, yeah. we'll have three of those. Exactly. There'll be three of those, and they'll build on each other yeah. and have kind of a crescendo towards the end of the year. Um but one of the things that we do like to discuss and that 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 you'll see is is that it's it's there's not a formula yeah it's it's more of an approach to life and and approach to the kingdom i'm trying to get back on here where i can see who's watching which may be anybody hey riley uh looks like riley and jill still with us thank you guys romans 12. We went through what verse eight last week, and yeah. but to really, we got a bridge. We kind of want to go back to Romans one and two, or Romans twelve one and two. That's that's really where Paul makes the shift. Um, you know, Romans eleven, we we're talking about the olive trees and Gentiles and Jews and who is and who isn't. Da 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 da. And he's making this shift. Okay, so if you're in the tree, if you're on the cultivated tree, you're in the kingdom. You're a follower of God. He kind of makes this shift into. So what does that look like? You know, it's kind. It is practical, um, but it's not. I'm, I'm, my words are failing me. It's not a checklist well, to make sure you do these things. It's not but. a checklist, but look at it in the context of uh, the whole book. So he starts out talking about how the kingdom kind of deals with things, mm -hmm. how he dealt with the redemption issue, uh, how that worked uh, right. from God's perspective, how the only way it could have been fixed. And then he kind of starts talking about the Jews and the Gentiles because there was arguments about that kind of stuff where he was at. Right. And we're, well, we're real Christians because one, we're Jews and, and we believe in Jesus. And then, you know, Rome, we think our culture's all jacked up now. Right. <laughs> he hadn't seen anything. And so those Gentiles that were in there were coming in and being a part. And so there was this discussion. And so he settles that with how a just God deals with things, just not as in I'm going to crush you, but just as in he is the same from the beginning to the right. end. Right. And then we switched off into, uh, and 12 is kind of the beginning of it. And this is what everybody, I think, uh, associates Christianity by. Mm. We don't do rules and regulations, but we do rules and regulations. <laughs> right. 
And right. so this is where we start talking about what looks like and could be conceived as rule and regulation. And then you got to remember that other stuff first as we start getting into this. But it is kind of a guide, so to speak, of how you walk and talk and act and be well, relative to a mindset that came from the first part of the book. Well, there's this tension between, <clears throat> and I'll work it backwards. A lot of times we think that I got to do all of these things in order to be right with God. <laughs> yeah, but it's put my coffee on. <laughs> and 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 where there's a there is an element of truth in that, but I want to flip it. That being right with God first and foremost means it's all up to he. It's his deal. Yeah, he's right with you more than yes. you're right with him. Yes. And when that's that true, good. Say that again. He's right with you instead of you getting right with him. Yes. Just like when you said the other day when you were teaching at church that he created us to be a part of us. He didn't just create us to just see what would happen. We're not like... Yeah, we're not a, some entity floating around that he hopes comes to his direction. You remember those little things? I think they were actually like little shrimps that you used to could buy and you put them in a little water and they'd like grow. Sea monkeys? Sea monkeys. That was it. <laughs> little sea monkeys. We're not his, his, his sea monkeys. Don't shake the camera. You know, a lot of people think that God created humanity just to be like sea it's monkeys. Good. That's not what... I'm going to put that on the deal. We are not God's divine sea monkeys. Um, but, oh, man. but it's true. Now, being in the cultivated tree, being justified by God, being called by God, being glorified by God, brings about in us a lifestyle. Yes. And because we're still broken, because we're still in these broken cisterns, yes, we have to fight against the flesh and make choices to pursue the things of the kingdom. But we're talking about saved people here. Right. We're not talking right. about getting saved or anything. This is the people that are saved by the blood of Jesus Christ, has confessed his name with their mouth and believed in their heart that God raised him from right. the dead, and they're saved. Right. That that's the redemptive part that you don't do anything for that. God visits you, you respond. Poof. That's about what it yeah. is. Now we're talking about what that looks like as we begin to look more like a kingdom person, if you want to call it that. Right. Uh well because and that's where we're getting into. And I want to make a distinction. I and I've been telling this more and more in the last couple of years, but I'm seeing it more and more. Within the church community, and I don't mean our church, I mean like the body of Christ community, within saved people that I run into, I am distinctly see and experience two distinct sets of people mm -hmm. with varying degrees. And push back on this if you think this is too simple. But I, I get around, and I always call them kind of the, le the, the group A, and I believe that they are believers. They, they've trusted the Lord. He has operated in their heart. Um but they're very earthly focused, yeah. very physically focused. I call them, this is my, they're, they're good churchmen. They're not evil people. They're doing good things. And it's just an okay experience. But then there's this other group of people that I continually bump into. And they're spirit-filled. They're also doing good works or whatever, you know, in response to their salvation. But there's an, a, a desire for the kingdom that transcends all the house of God stuff like you talked about on Sunday. Very distinct. And what I found in my background growing up was there was a lot of focus on the house of God. This is, I would say this group is the house of God group, and this is the face of God group. So you're not talking to like people that are secular Christians. You're talking about practicing Christians, yes. but there's two different. Yes. Okay. Where your focus is on the house of God <clears throat> things and everything becomes a checklist. In a bad way. In a bad way versus the 
face of God where there still may be items and things that you could probably put them on a list if you just had to. But the goal is not the list. Yes. The list yeah. is not the end game. Looking into the face of God is the end game. And when, as we and I say that because as we go in through Romans 12, as we're stepping through this, don't make checking off the items in Romans 12 the end game. I think that's kind of a natural way to do it, though. Our linear natures. Well, we, right. Uh, and so I guess what we're doing is we're trying to tell you to, it says, well, we'll read some of this, and it seems pretty clear. Do this, do this, do this. And, of course, we we get that, and we go, okay, uh, do this, do this, and do it that way. And the thing to look at it is, especially in light of, of Romans 1 and 2, Romans 12, verse 1 and 2, is that when you look at that, learn to try to ponder on it to how is God doing this? I know how I'm taking it. Is there a different way to take it? How do I look at that? Not looking at it from different people's perspectives, but see, I'm dumb enough to believe that you're spirit-filled, and that is 100% of who God is. Mm. It's not like he's split up and can be in, you know, I can help you right here and now, but my wife may need something over at the house, but I can't get to her because right. I can only be in one place at once. Maybe a phone right. call I can help with something, maybe in kind of sort of two places but it's at your, once. it's a limited attention. It's a limited capability. Right. And that's not what you get with God. Right. He's 100% with my wife and her right there as he is with me right here and you right there. Right. And with that said, he's not slack in what he does. And he teaches right. in his time. And we've been seeing that throughout the book, I think. And so as we look at these things to do and things to be, that's working out our salvation with fear and trembling. That's Hebrews. Is that where it says that? And uh, the point of it is, it's all theoretical. I know we're ready to read the word here. But looking at it from that perspective, it's not as black and white as it seems. Sometimes right. it is. But you want God to show you the black and white part. Right. Not Matt preaching it and telling you this is where it's at. Even if he says, this is it. Exactly. It's okay. Take it. Well said. But be like Mary and ponder it in your heart for a while and let the Lord show you where it's at. I mean that. Yeah. She's a big mentor to me over that. Well, that's a big and, load on her. And simultaneously resist the, the urge to go, but what does this mean to me? Take what it means, period. Don't gaff it off. Yeah, don't gaff it <laughs> off and don't be like, oh, well, that's good for these people, but not me. It's good for all of us. I don't like to be in tension. Well... <laughs> You have to be. The Lord works that out too. And so we went through verse 8 last week, and we'll not rehash all of that again. But at the end, you know, verses 6, 7, and 8, he's kind of going through, if if you've got this particular gift, use it as it was intended. And this is not an all-exhaustive list. And and I guess that's part of the reason I push so heavy on that is like, oh, well, he didn't list this gift in Ro in Romans chapter 12, so it does, it's not as important. It, it's not right. the point. Yes. He's yeah. just giving examples and saying, you know, if you're going to do service, use it in service. If your gift is teaching, then do it in teaching. I mean, just in other words, <laughs> use your stinking gifts. Um, and in verse 9, where we kind of left off, and I think it's kind of an unnatural break between 8 and 9 for what it's worth. And he says, let love be without hypocrisy. Um, detest evil and cling to that which is good. And what you're going to find structure-wise in Romans 12, 9 through the end, is just going to gut, you'll notice lots of semicolons. 
and if we were breaking this down through our, you know, doing our textual, our textual breakdown, um, hello, Miss Croft, um, you would see that we would just have thought after thought after thought after thought after thought. They're almost disconnected, see? Yeah. And he's just, it's, it's like he's rapid fire. Boom, 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 boom. Um, let love be without hypocrisy. In other words, don't be a hypocrite. I mean, th this is really pretty simple stuff because the idea is to reflect the nature of God. Um, and and how, do, how do you love without hypocrisy? What in the, in the world does that even mean? How do you love with hypocrisy? What does that look like? You got any thoughts on that? What does it mean to hmm. love? With as I, A lot of times I can explain what something is better in my mind by looking at the opposite. Um, we all know what a hypocrite is. Well, here's the New Living translation of that. Don't just prevent, just the... Don't just pretend to love others. Right. Really love them. Yeah. <laughs> That's well, a, that seems like a big bridge to gap, but a big bridge, a big gap, gap to bridge. To bridge. Uh, well, I don't. I don't love Matt. He irritates me all the time. He's a partner. He's a church friend. I think there's a way to learn that. But you have to implement it now. Yeah. And what that means is, is if I'm dealing with somebody, and it's not always a love-hate thing, you may just go wherever you go and look at somebody in your mind going, do I love them? Well, God loves them. Yeah. I mean, in a deep way. That's We kind of read some of that in the beginning chapters of Romans, which was the whole reason for the redemption. And so you, it's a purposeless function or purposeful cool. function. Uh, I don't know what it means. And this is you're talking to yourself, like in your head, and you're going, "I don't know what it what it means to love him, but I, I love him because God tells me I need to, and I'm going to." Right. And if that's what it takes in the beginning, that's what you do. Well, and and our culture has decided that love is this weird emotion that hits you out of oh, nowhere. Lord. Yeah. I heard a, a pastor say, it may have been Matt Chandler, I don't remember. He's like, the most terrifying thing in the world, we're out off of Valentine's Day, would be if love, if love really was like Cupid, like it could just shoot you and hit you and you fell madly in love with somebody, you had no control over it. And because if that's the case, you could be married to your spouse, be in love with them. And then, oh, you really do get hit by love for somebody else. And you're now obligated to leave that relationship and go to this one. That's a terrifying existence. <laughs> and it's not real. Yeah. Um, but love is action. And love is doing. You know, there was an old song, love is a verb. And it really is. How do I love somebody? I serve them. I care about them. It's intentional. Um, yeah. And it's getting up every morning. We, we do it with our spouses, folks, all the time. I've been married 27 years come April April the 2nd this year. Hmm. And that's a long time. We've been together for a long time. But my wife will tell you, every day, we don't wake up every day and look at each other with hearts and bows and everything. There are some days it's like, I'm mad at this person and they've irritated me. But you make a choice to go in and you have compassion, you have yeah. care, you have concern, you serve them, you provide for them. you And we're going to talk about that more as we get down into this, what that looks like. But I wanted to lay that foundation that love is doing. Yes. Even if it's an intentional, internal, flipping the switch of I'm not going to hate them, I'm not going to give them vitriol, I'm going to give them sweetness, kindness, or whatever. It's an intentional walk through. And that's what it means to me about don't do it with, 
with hypocrisy. Well, don't but hypocrisy fake. means that it's fake. Yeah, don't be. And fake. that's but it, it may feel fake though. Right. That's that's fair. That that that's what I'm what I'm trying to tell you. It's fake if you're doing it. Right. Let the spirit. Well, do I'm going to look like I'm loving you and mm. all that. But if you believe that God is who He says He is, and you believe that He is a part of you, and He's telling you here, love these people. Right. And He's not just talking about saved Christians. He's talking about all of the creation people. Yeah. So when you look at them, you got to look at them as a creation of the Lord, even though they're despicable in what they do or whatever. And you, that's that's the point. That's what He's. I'm, before we get going here, I want to read Romans one and two again. Twelve one and two. Twelve one and two. Read out of this one. You got the New Living? I do. And there's nothing wrong with the New American Standard, but it's a little disjointed sometimes. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all He has done for you. Let your, let your bodies be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind He will find acceptable. That takes His vision for you to even grab a hold of that, and that's learned. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of the world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasant, pleasing and perfect. Right. right. So that <laughs> there, there is going to be some tension there between, frankly, we're all so secular in how we do things, and secular doesn't mean evil. You can be of a really good moral uh demeanor but it doesn't mean it's and kingdom. be secular it doesn't mean it's kingdom right and so that full spirit of god that's within us that's working out and we read this stuff and you can go well i know that's not what i'm doing like let love be without hypocrisy so you gotta that's what i'm saying switch yeah. it don't go well i gotta love this guy no the lord loves him as that creation, you got to respect that. That's what. It, that's how you keep from being hip hypocritical. Yeah, and we don't have time, but Corey Tim Boom talks about that in her memoirs um, oh, about yeah, about coming coming face to face with one of the guards at the concentration camp. Yeah, and we don't have time. Yeah, we're twelve twenty, and we've gotten through one phrase. So uh, detest evil and cling to that which is good. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on some of these because. What I want us all well, to just read down through thirteen because then that'll that kind okay. of so detest evil, cling to that which is good, love one another deeply as brothers and sisters, take the lead in honoring one another, do not lack diligence in zeal, be fervent in the spirit and serve the Lord, rejoice in hope, be patient in affliction, be persistent in prayer, share with the saints in their needs, pursue hospitality, and these are things that you do right. As a saved Christian, uh -huh. we get caught between this. All we're here for is to bring people to the knowledge of the Lord, as in salvation, and that gets it. That does get kind of messed up. Uh, and so I'm not. I'm not. I'm not rejecting that part. What I'm saying here is, is just as he read, these are things that it's called for you to do. That means that it's in you if the Spirit of the Lord is in you. Exactly. And exactly. so that means it's time to start digging and finding. This is not the only place this happens. Right. The first part of Second Peter, man, Peter just lays it out, the same thing. I, I love that, Yeah. Uh, the way he did it. And you have to understand the preface before you get to how he lays it out because he's not going, you, you bunch of idiots, you need to do this, this, and yeah. this. That's not how he's giving right. it. Right. Uh, Ephesians, whole, the whole chapter of Ephesians chapter 5 talks about 
living like God wants you to live. Exactly. <laughs> so anyway. Well, uh, and, and part of what we got to remember as we're going through Romans 12 is we're still broken. Yeah. We're not. That's uh, We're going to talk about this on April 23rd about the already not yet nature of the kingdom. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's here, but there's also more glorification to become. Sanctification yeah. takes a lifetime. It'll yeah. not be finished until we're finished, until we're with him. And so there's, I call these just, they're like markers. They're like flags. You know, if you, if you find yourself being lazy, look at verse 11. If you, if you find yourself being lazy in your study, lazy in your attitude and pursuit towards the kingdom, he says, don't do that. Don't lack diligence. You kick yourself in the tail end and get up and get to work. Yeah. Make yourself do it. Make yourself do it if because it's good and honoring. Well, we do it in other things too. Yeah. If you work out all the time, there's people, they hate getting up at five o'clock in the morning going around, but they'll do it. Well, I know that we don't, but I'm just talking about whatever you will have diligence in. Yeah. That's not really an option. Well, even going to work. I mean, you know, we make jokes about, we make jokes about it all the time. You know, people can get up and be at work at seven o'clock, like clockwork, but you can't get them at church by 10, you know? And, yeah. and, and there we, ha ha ha. You know, we, and, but there's actually some double-edged truth in that. Like, well, we're getting paid to get up and go to work. Yeah, right? because it attributes to your livelihood here and now, yeah. and that's the transition. You got to understand the other is the livelihood. That's exactly right. And you know, if you think you can't live without money, try living without the spirit. And you know, mm -hmm. and some of you will remember before whoever you were BC before Christ. You don't want to go back to that. And not living with that fellowship and that power of what it comes from, of just being around other believers. And it's not about church attendance. It's about yeah. the fueling of the spirit and the, the being around people of like mind and those sorts of things. But you sometimes just got to pick yourself up and do the things that your flesh doesn't want to do because you know that they are in tune and in line with what the kingdom is doing. Um, well, the, let's, go ahead. Let's read the rest of the chapter here. And then chat. Because it goes with, well, and the reason is because what we were talking about earlier. So this chapter goes into specifics, things that are on you. Gotcha. And do you want to read on me too? Well, we'll read it, but here's what I'm saying. So if there's something specific in this that hits you and you might go, could you talk about that more? Yeah, put a Send us something. We may not be able to, we might, maybe we don't do it today. But we'll know, and we'll come back, and we'll deal with that maybe next yeah, week or something. I'm watching. I'll see if you got something so that hits you. I'm going to start in verse 9 and read it and that. go down through the end. Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Give preference to one another in honor. Not lagging behind in diligence. Fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Rejoicing in hope persevering in tribulation, be devoted to prayer, continuing, uh, contributing to the needs of the saints, practicing hospitality. Verse 14, bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Sorry. Be of the same mind toward one another. Do not be haughty in mind, but associate with the lowly. Do not be wise in your own estimation. Never pay back evil for evil to anyone. Respect what is right in the sight of all men. 
if possible, so far as it depends on you, be at peace with all men. Never take your own revenge, beloved, but leave room for the wrath of God, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, and I will repay, says the Lord. But if your enemy is hungry, feed him, and if he is thirsty, give him drink. For in doing so, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. There's a lot in that. Well, but the reason these things are specific, Paul wasn't going, well, you know, I think we ought to be like this, that, and the other. This is how God is. And when yes. you look through all of biblical history, that's exactly what he does. Yeah. yeah. So, so Romans 12 is less a checklist of here's the things you got to make sure you're doing. And it's more of a, an outlined encouragement. You need to reflect the nature and the character of God like this. This well, is how like his a creed. So in the military, all these different type units have a creed. You know, right. this is who I am. This is what I do. And there's actually an Apostles' Creed. Uh, and I would actually encourage you to look that up, the Apostles' Creed. It's all over the place. And just read that. And the point is, is you'll read it and you'll go, I agree with everything that's here, but I know I'm not that, that, or that. Right. Or I may be a little shaky here. Right. I want to believe that, but I don't really know. That's what this is. Yeah. And the point is, it is the God that created you. And he has implanted every bit of that in you right. if you're saved. Right. And so, like Matt said, it's a check. It's kind of a guide. You know, read the thing often and look at it. And you're not going to do good some days. You're going to do good on others. Some days you'll have, wow, I get it. I see it. And others, it may take you a long time to work that out. And he knows that. Well, when I say resist the urge to see it as a checklist, resist the urge to go, oh, I missed one. I'm, I'm doomed. You know, and if you're a, well, if you're a list taker, I get it, man. I get that, it. That's hard. And and the flip side of that, resist the urge to go. Oh, I got all those. I'm good, because tomorrow Ooh. you probably won't. Well, and if you also believe that God is who He is, He orchestrates your life. Yeah. And so, about the time you think you're doing good, He may orchestrate some things in because He's developing it more than what it is. Right. If well, that makes sense. No, He's pushing. He's always putting pressure. He, he is to, always putting to bring us to a place. And I, I made the comment before we, we came on, on the podcast, you know, like with verse 14, to bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse. That in the very end of the, of the text. Those are the kind of things that, and I, the statement I made was, is we as Christians tend to give ourselves a pass on doing this as long as it's politics or as long as the person <laughs> that we're being mean to is sufficiently evil. Yeah. You know, Um and and the end where the way it resonates with me, you think, well, what is, how does this reflect the nature of God? The end of it says, if your enemy's hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. For in so doing, you'll heap fiery coals on his head. There's also a and weird that's from an Old Testament passage, by the way. It is. It's a, it's a quote. But uh, I, I see Christians doing this too. I really have hatred in my heart for this person because of what they did to me or just who they are. But I'm going to be nice to them because that's going to be really mean to them. <laughs> like the you're best... purposely trying to yeah. make it so that it has coals on her head. <laughs> yeah, that's not what it's talking about. Yeah, right. The, if you remember, you know, when the angel brought the coal down and touched it to what's his name? Oh, yeah. Uh, total. Isaiah. Yeah. Uh, total. Yeah. The whole point of the coals being touched was to cleanse the lip that was evil. Yeah. And so 
to give thirsty or give give drink to the thirsty enemy or to give food to the hungry enemy is not to make sure that they get burned down by the coals. It's to help purify them that they may come to repentance. Yes. Here, here's a nasty yeah, little that secret good. that nobody likes to talk about. That was good. In our heart of hearts, we don't want our enemies to repent. And we don't want evil people to repent and get better. We want them to get what they deserve and get burned down. That's absent of the Spirit of the Lord. That's absent of the Spirit of the Lord. But I see that a lot in Christian circles these days, too. Well, it's human. It's human. It's human That's nature. Out, I mean, not pulling God out of it. We're Lord of the Flies. That's a whole other and that's And that's why we've got to fight against that. Well, but that's why he does it, right? I agree. The Spirit is within you. He's saying these are things of God and they're completely opposite of things that I am without that. Right. And he's saying sacrifice that and let the Lord overcome it. Well, and that's the, tough. And the way you can tell that this is a reflection of who God is is because don't forget the Scriptures declare that we were once enemies of God. Mm. He says, we were at enmity. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So he didn't treat his enemies, us, like we treat our enemies yeah. as in the flesh. And this is a reminder that you're not reflecting the nature and the character of God by really deeply desiring that your enemies get what's coming to them. Because... The truth of it is, is if any one of us, any of us, got what's coming to us, we would no longer exist. Period. Yeah. And not, well, I'm, no, that's actually not correct. We would exist, but we would be in eternal torment if that's what, if we got what we deserved. That's exactly right. And, and so for me, the reminder is in Romans 12, how do I work this out in my life, is there are some people that I genuinely, genuinely do not like. There are groups of people that I don't care for in my flesh and in maybe my intellect. The scriptures call me to a higher relationship with them, which is to genuinely have compassion for their soul. And when they persecute me, I'm supposed to be nice to them. It's right there. <laughs> but I... It's easy to come back to the thing I'm supposed to and I have to. Mm. Can you hear yourself? I, I, yeah. I, I. Absent of the Spirit, that's true. So you may be trying to do it on your own. Mm. The it's humble thing statement. is to go back and say, this is exactly how I feel and I want to rip their face off. And it may feel that way, but then the whole context of this chapter and the ones before it were... But the Spirit of the Lord that dwells in me, and I know that He's there, that's what it means to work out your salvation. That's what it means he to He provided all this stuff, but we all want Him to do all the work. I don't know why I would prefer that too. Uh, but we think if we're a real Christian and we're really kept, then all this other stuff that we have struggled just goes away. Well, and, and He says in here to present your bodies a living sacrifice, we want to start divorcing things we do with our body from things we feel in our emotions. And really, he's talking yeah. about everything. He is. He he's follows talking about that everything. Up, he follows that up with, don't be transformed into relating to people and the world around you by the way the world says you're supposed to do it. Transform your mind and deal with the people in the world around you in the way he would deal with the people. And it actually says, you. be transformed. transformed. That means that he has done the input exactly. Exactly. and you have to start accepting that 
willfully, even if it goes completely opposite to everything you want to do, he's already supplanted the ability right. for that to happen, or he wouldn't have said it. My, my, you could even say it like, walk in the transformation that he's already made and is yeah. making in you. You could say that. Um, and it's it's because we're Americans, and it tends to be we read this and we go, oh, I've got to be transformed in my mind. Well, that's up to me. All right, here's what I got to do. I got to work. <laughs> I got to go to church. I got to do this. And if I get all this list right, well, then my mind's going to be transformed. And if it's not transformed, then somehow I'm not doing it. And you'll start judging others by Whether what you think they should be doing those things or how they do it relative to how you do it. It's a different flavor of. Well, of course the person wasn't healed when you prayed for them because they didn't have enough faith. Or surely you didn't get the new Maserati that you prayed for because you didn't have enough faith. This is the same flavor of that to go, well, my mind's not renewed because I didn't work hard enough. Yeah. It's not, that's not the case. It may be kind of true, but when you're pursuing the Lord to make it part of you, that that's a different conversation other than just wearing the guilt and going, okay, well, I'm done. Well, to touch on what Tim, if you didn't see Tim's sermon from Sunday, go on the Bridge Fellowship's uh, YouTube page and look that up because this is, a, to me, a good place to interject house of God versus face of God. To look into the face of God and say, honestly, I'm not transformed. I have all of this stuff. I hate my enemies. I want them to be burned down, and I know that that's not okay. To look into the face of God and seek Him and ask Him to change you is very different than saying, having all of those things also true, and then trying to figure out how in the world you're going to muster within yourself the will and the strength and the ability to change it all. Because yeah. you can't. Can't. So That's the stuff he's talking about, sacrificing. Yeah. You sacrifice your ability, and then once we're staring into the face of God and we're walking in the Spirit and the transformation that He's brought us, it's the Spirit that then begins to give us the ability to love people that are unlovely, to be nice to people that are persecuting us, to be kind to them, yeah. to give food to the hungry, even though they're our enemy. You know, even things like the Geneva Convention, and you know, we, we that governs how we treat prisoners of war. I mean, you know that. Um, there's some basics in that that are that are really principles out of Romans 12. And, and you hear things like you see it in movies, you hear it from people who's like, we don't treat our prisoners that way because we're, we, we don't want to sink to their level. Yeah. Or we want to be better than that. There's an integrity that's trying to be sought after. Well, that's an eternal type of a thing. Yes. And, and it's not just that, oh, we're better. We're Americans. We don't treat people that way. Well, sometimes we have. Um, but the point is, is there are eternally true functions of things yes. that, that reflect the nature of the kingdom. And he's like, one of those is, is you don't mistreat your enemies. But the purpose is not to exalt yourself and say, look how good I am. I took my beating. That's not what he's saying. He says, when you do those things, it heaps hot coals on their head. And it's those hot coals that maybe by chance might bring them to repentance, might bring them to salvation. And, and the goal of our heart, for me, I have to keep praying, Lord, don't just let me be nice to my enemies because you said to and I want to be right. It's not a terrible idea to, to start with. <laughs> but what I really want is like, Lord, really make me love them because I want yeah. to be like you. I yeah. want to reflect your nature. I don't just want to be going through the motions. Uh, I want to be doing this for real. Well, and part of the working there is it's easy to talk and try to describe all this stuff and say, you know, 
you do this and you'll be walking in the spirit field and all that stuff. Back to that God orchestrates things around in your life. He's looking to change every aspect. There are aspects you don't even know that you have that are having problems that are deep down in there. And Satan may try to hide those things. You think, well, you mean Satan can hide things from God? No. What I mean by that is, is that when in God's time, it's time for you to deal with that issue, he'll bring it back around and you'll feel like, you know, I was great with the Lord over here and now I'm not. What's going on? That's because he's fleshing all that stuff out for you to, to, to that's sacrificing that piece again or this piece. Now it's another piece. Now it's another piece. You're like, well, does this ever end? No. Well, you start looking at it different over time, and it's hard to, intellectually, you might be able to get that. But. I call it being spiritual Mr. Miyagi'd. Um, if well, you... After a while, you kind of start looking forward to the new thing that comes up. You and do. And that seems really sadistic, but that's not really how it works. Well, once you, once you learn to, no, let me rephrase that. Once you begin to intentionally learn to listen to the Lord and see what he's doing, because it's a process. When you're sitting in prayer Wednesday night, and, you know, and I'm, I'm hearing myself and I'm saying things like, you know, I, there's there's parts of my walk with the Lord that are just new and they're they're developing. Yeah. And I've been walking with the Lord yep. a long time. Yep. Yep. And and so you you get in these places, you look forward to them. It doesn't mean there's not trepidation and there's not a little, OK, this is going to get rocky, you know, but you learn to 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 really enjoy them because, you know, that he disciplines those he loves. And that's d discipline and punishment are not the same thing. Yeah. That's not what that means. It means he trains and he develops those whom he loves. That's what it means. He takes the time. Um, the, one of the examples that the Lord gave me years ago, when I know when Austin was little particularly, um, we were doing a lot of work around the house, and he always wanted to help. And he was a little guy, and he wanted to run the saw, the circular saw. Well, you can't put a 7-year-old or 6-year-old in charge of a circular saw. Not without getting arrested. And uh, so, <laughs> but he wanted to run it, you know, and, and, but I can remember this one particular time and we, we clamped the board down and I put his hands on the saw and we, we cut the board and I'm holding it, you know, with him. I've got my hands on his hands and it took me three times as long to do this stinking little project, you know. Yeah. I didn't need his help, but he wanted to help and he wanted to learn. So I showed him how to do the saw. And, uh, you know, you do that a half a dozen times and, and, people you they can figure it out you know give it a little while they're a little older and they can do it and it takes time but it takes attention and it's scary and there's lots of unknowns and you might even cut it crooked several times yeah. but over time and that's the way i've kind of always seen my walk with him sometimes he's just putting his hands on mine he's like this is how you do it now watch this and i screw it up and it's hard because you're scared. going when he's got his hands on you you're going no i want to do it like this <laughs> and it gets all messed up and or, so anyway. or i go i i watched a youtube video i know how to do this i'm good you know <laughs> and he's like no let me help you and and that's just kind of how the thing works and so as you're looking at romans 12 and you're going through there it is a good litmus test to see am i loving my enemies well am i loving without hypocrisy am i pursuing that which is good and detesting that which is evil um it's those are good if you find yourself let's let's flip it being drawn and having affection for evil things that's not a good sign yeah that means you I mean, need to be an issue in there's there. an issue in there somewhere that needs to come out if you are literally in you know drawn to or even not detested by purely evil things you know you start explaining them away there's a problem there 
you know, uh, and, and you just could go down the list, not as a checklist per se, but as a as a mark of how am I reflecting the nature and the character of God? Well, and then those things that come like that, if it comes to you or somebody points it out and you get to that, well, I'm just going to keep doing this anyway, talking to yourself, right? That, at that point in time, that's where the Lord has put that in front of you and he's dealing with you yeah. on it and it's not going to go away. Nope, especially if you're his. Yeah. Because he has an interest in developing his children. Yes. We got to wrap up. Um, next week, we'll be in Romans 13. Um, be in prayer for all the stuff coming up. Like I said, we got the pastor's conference um, next Saturday. We'll actually be setting up on Friday evening and going in and doing that. We got April 23rd, Bridge Fellowship, uh, men's conference. There will be a form that will be floating around uh, for re for registration for that. doesn't cost you anything, but we will ask you to register um, through the church. Um, this is a church function. It's not a Matt and Tim function, but uh, we really want to build it up. And, but if you're not part of the of the bridge you can still come oh yeah yeah i'm just saying that all the registration all that's going to be yeah. going through the church but we need to know how many people are coming for lunch that's the big function and how many chairs are set out that's it so we, we will see that be looking for that um keep us in prayer march madness coming up we're gonna our goal this year is to develop and roll out the training app and to get um on paper the one of the goals we've set out is enough study material sets to to equip 200 pastors this year and uh, and that's that's where we're headed. We're about fifty percent of the way there. So if you feel like you can partner with us or pray about it, and and if you really really the big help comes in in, in monthly partnerships, and you can do that on our website. Um, I hate mentioning that all the time, but it does take money to do ministry, and so we always make that a plea. If the Lord doesn't lead you, please don't do it. But if He does, we 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 would really appreciate it. Um. There was something else I was going to say something about. What am I missing? Got, we got April 23rd. We got Horsegate coming up. Horsegate. The oh, right. That's next Saturday. Next yeah. Saturday. Um, I can't think of anything else off the top of my head, but just being in prayer for the ministry. Again, even if it's after, if you're watching this and it's after the fact and it's not during the live, go ahead and comment. If you've got questions or something hits you, we'll jump on there later and we'll address it. Maybe we'll talk about it next week. And, uh, and that kind of thing. We've had people do that in the past. Or if you've got questions you would like us to answer, drop them in the comments. We'll pick them up and we'll, we'll deal with them and address them. Um, something else came up the last couple of weeks, and I do want to just say this. I didn't even talk to you about this. Um, I want to always be really clear. Twice um, I've had people say, hey, I'm not happy with my church. I think I'm just going to tune into y'all's podcast and call it good. Mm. That's happened twice. Um, I want to encourage you not to do that. Um, I want to encourage you to check into the podcast all you want. But we are supplemental at best, and that may be even a stretch. Um, but stuff like this, us, whether it's us or somebody else, you know, throwing stuff out on the, that's on the Internet, it does not take the place of being sub committed to a, a local body of believers and submitted to a local body of leadership. Man, we you have to have that. So I just want to encourage you to pour into the place of fellowship where you are and, uh, and, and let those people lead you and let them guide you and pour into them and, uh, and tune in to us for extra stuff and surrounding yourself. But don't let this be all you do. It amazed me that that has been said twice. And I'm like, man, if this is the bar, you need to raise your bar. 
but uh, well, that's you trying to get yourself ministered to, and there's nothing wrong with that. But you need to get in with a body of believers somewhere yep. to minister to them. Yeah, and that absolutely. doesn't mean standing up in the front doing it or being the leader or whatever. Get in there and serve you somebody. just need to get in there, and if, if all it is is shaking their hand and saying, hey, it's good to see you, you need to start letting it pour out. Yeah, and then you'll find out that once you do that, you'll be surprised how much gets poured in. Yeah. All right, I think that's all we got. I'm glad y'all joined us today. Hope you come back next week. Don't forget March Madness, April 23rd is coming out. You'll see a lot more of that coming up. Watch our social media. Get on YouTube, like, re subscribe, do all the, do all the things. Y'all know the things. I'm not a social media guru. You are. So get out there and do all the things. We love you. We appreciate you. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.